Welcome to the Hunt the West podcast, where it's all about getting outside, experiencing the outdoors, and having epic adventures. At Hunt the West, my number one goal for you is to get out and hunt. I'm your host, Skylar Harrison, and today we are on part two of this archery preparation series that I am doing. Last episode was archery equipment and considerations of what you might uh, be thinking about when you are selecting your archery setup. This episode is going to be archery practice, skills, and drills to take you from target shooting to hunting success. That is the goal of this episode. So I am excited to get into all these little tips and tactics, little drills that you can do that are really going to be helpful come hunting season. All right, so let's get into it. So all of these drills and uh, shooting practice things that you can do are designed to take you into real life hunting scenarios. So you can stand on flat level ground and shoot your bow in ideal conditions at a perfectly level target under no stress. And that is one way to improve your shooting, but also you need to practice in other situations too. So I'm going to run through a bunch of different ways that I have felt that this types of these types of practices and drills have helped me in hunting scenarios. So the very first one is probably the easiest one, and it's called blank bailing. So you're essentially just shooting your target at a very close range, and you're not worrying about where it hits or where you're shooting. You're just worried about your shot process and going through maybe picking one aspect of your of your shot process to focus on and improving that one set. Like maybe you're focusing on your grip, or maybe you're fo- focusing on your release, or maybe, maybe you're focusing on getting that anchor point the same every single time, but you can choose an aspect of your shot process during a blank bail session, shoot five, 10 arrows, get it feeling really good. And then you're not worried about where you're aiming or any of that is just to get your shot sequence down. So you can do this in your house, in a, in a bedroom, you know, we were talking like three yards, just make sure you hit the target and don't shoot your wall or something and just get that shot sequence down. You wanna make sure to nail that sequence, every aspect of it, and have a clean release every time. And you'll see an improvement in your regular target shooting as well. So that's called blank bailing and is really effective and you can do it in your house, in your bedroom right now, which is really nice. So the the next thing I wanna talk about is just shooting at all different distances. So this probably goes without saying, but you need to practice at all different ranges. You can't just practice at a single range. Um, especially if you are like, if you're like, for, for example, when I shoot in my basement, it's always the same distance. When I shoot in my backyard, it's always the same distance. I have to go out to other places like this place near my house called the trench, which we, uh, which I use sometimes to go out to longer range, like 70, 80 yards. And then, um, or you can go to an actual range where, you can set up the target exactly where you want it and things like that. So it's just, it's really important to practice all those and especially don't leave out the long distance shooting. By that, I mean ranges that are too long for realistic hunting scenarios. So these really magnify the weaknesses in your shooting. And the reason why I like shooting wrong, long range is because you'll realize that sometimes you hit pretty close. Like you're like, oh, that's a nice shot. That was 80 yards, whatever. But sometimes you're way off and it really just amplifies those tiny mistakes and helps you understand how to control them. So make sure you're shooting at random ranges in between your pins too. So not just super long range or at the distances of your pins, like 30, 40, 50, 
make sure you're shooting like 32, 38, 41, all these, those different ranges, random ones, because those are going to be more realistic to hunting scenarios. So if you shoot a single pin, shoot from ranges that you aren't dialed to. So set your pin at 30 and then shoot at 35 or set your pin at 30 and shoot at 40, set your pin at 40 and shoot at 20, just so you can understand how you're going to hit and understand the arc of your arrow. And that goes for multi-pin too. So shoot in between those ranges, in between your pins. So if you have a, a slider like I do, I have 30, 40, 50, and my 50 is my slider. One thing that you want to do is slide that up to 60, shoot for 65, or shoot for 55. So you can really understand in a hunting scenario, say that animal takes a step or it steps out on the other side of the tree that you range and you have it dialed to the range of that tree. Now you want to shoot for five yards closer or five yards farther. You don't have to dial your sight. You should know where your pins are hitting at any distance. That'll just give you a lot more confidence in those realistic hunting scenarios. And the more you do this, the more you will understand the arc of your arrow and how much you're going to drop at longer distances or even short distance. So for instance, my 30 pin, which is my top pin, um, when I shoot that at 15 yards, I'm about two and a half inches high is all. But if I shoot at 15 yards with my 40 pin, I'm like nine inches high. So understanding your arc, how much you're going to drop at certain distances will really help you with your judgment in the field. And I am notoriously terrible for judging distance in the field. I was about 15 yards off uh, on my guess and I wounded a, a deer because of it two years ago. That's why I always say you should take judgment out of it and use a rangefinder and range the an- the actual animal if you can. I realize that's not it's not really possible in every hunting scenario, but that is the ideal and that's what we should go for. You can also practice putting out a target or moving around and then guessing how much how far the target is and then shooting it without ranging and then checking the range after. I do that while I'm hunting too. Sort of I'll I'll pretend like oh so what if something walks out like what would I would guess my the yardage in my head and see how close I am and then check it with the range fighter. And it turns out I'm terrible at it. I'm like 50, 50, 50% of the time I'm close. I'm like, we're right on 50% of the time. I'm like 10 yards off and I'm, I was like way off. So I rely heavily on that range finder, but that is a good drill to do when you are shooting at all different distances. So the next thing is shooting from different positions. So one of the drills I like to do is shooting from a kneeling position because that is a realistic hunting scenario often, especially in the thick elk woods. I find that most of the time when I'm setting up, I'm kneeling to get the best shot, shot, what do you call them? Like lanes, like shooting lanes. So usually I can get that best shooting length from shooting from either one knee or shooting on both knees. Sometimes I'll, uh, I'll practice that like in my basement or in my backyard, I'll, I'll kneel down and then I'll like put my other leg like in a weird position, like straight out or off to the side, or I'll like halfway put it up to sort of simulate kneeling on a slope or shooting on a side hill. Obviously if you are shooting on a side hill, that's going to be better, but you can kind of mimic some of those hunting scenarios by, you know, doing weird body postures and then trying to shoot from those. So these types of shooting scenarios are obviously going to be a lot easier in the mountains. So if you can take a target up with you into the mountains, shoot uphill, shoot downhill, uh, kneeling, standing, it's a whole different ball game. And I think that's why people love shooting the 3D courses like Total Archery Challenge, stuff like that, because you get as close to a real hunting scenario as possible, which is really nice. 
especially when you have a 3d target of a deer or something, you're picking a spot. You don't have a, a dot to look at or something to, to aim at. You have to actually pick a spot. So another shooting position drill that I like is coming to full draw while you're kneeling low, like, like when you're sitting on your heels, you draw back, get anchored, and then come up to where you're sitting up high on your knees and then coming up to standing and then shooting quickly after that. So this simulates a pretty common scenario, especially in deer hunting, when you're crawling into position on a bedded buck or something, and then you have to stand up to get a shot to be able to see it in its bed. And it's difficult to do. And sometimes you even have to draw your bow, your bow horizontally instead of vertically, just because of the terrain. Because if you get up too high, like they'll see the top of your head or the top of your bow. So practice that too. It's actually pretty difficult to turn your bow sideways and draw it. And, uh, it's something you want to practice before you have to do it in the field. So that's shooting from all different types of positions. Go, you can get creative with it, stand on different things, shooting downhill, shooting uphill. I've stood in the back of my, my truck or something and then shot down at a target, just little angles and stuff. It, it, it makes it a different feeling. And so you got to get used to that kind of stuff. So the next one is holding at full draw. So in hunting scenarios, often you have an opportunity to draw and then the opportunity to shoot comes much, much later. So you want to practice holding at full draw before the shot for a long time. I use a timer on my phone and I will set it for a minute or 30 seconds or a minute and a half or something. And then when it goes off, I try and shoot as fast as I can. Or better yet, have a buddy set a timer for an unknown time. Shoot as fast as you can after the timer goes off. Because it's kind of stressful. Because you pull back and then you're like, I can't shoot, can't shoot, can't shoot. And then all of a sudden the timer goes off, beep, 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 beep. And then you have to fire a shot. It's like kind of stressful. We'll kind of throw you through a loop. And it simulates waiting for an animal to turn broadside or take another step to clear a shot. It, it takes a long time sometimes. And you can be a full draw for a long time. And when it's go time, it's go time. And you have to shoot relatively quickly sometimes. So we need to practice that. Plus, I, I really like it. It's kind of fun that way, um, especially if you set the timer for a, a longer period of time and then you, and you set it far away and then draw. You kind of lose track of time. You're like, it's probably going to go off soon, but I don't know when. And then try and shoot fast. And you know, it's kind of fun. I like doing that one. But And it also helps like just getting your, your bow arm, your, your, your shoulder stronger to hold that back for a longer period of time. You start getting shaky and stuff. It's good to condition those muscles. Um, the next thing, this one comes into play uh, in hunting scenarios, but often I see that people don't do this in practice and that is practice letting down. So sometimes you can't hold it any longer and you need to let down, let down because the animal turned away or walk through your window and you need to range again. There's lots of scenarios where you're going to have to let down, but some archers just never practice letting down. Every time they pull their bow back, they are letting an arrow fly. And then letting down your bow quietly and smoothly is a skill that you definitely need to practice. If you don't practice it, you can it can be sort of violent if you let down and you can kind of spook everything in sight just from letting down your you know, and maybe a blown opportunity comes because you let down your bow and you haven't practiced doing it slowly and quietly. So practice letting your bow down at targets, you know, hold back for 30 seconds or a minute and then let down and then draw back again and do that over and over again. Like let down five times before you actually let an arrow fly and 
it, you'll see that it, it actually takes practice and you need to learn how like where the let off on your bow allows you to let down quietly. So it's a good skill to have and definitely one that is overlooked sometimes in practice. The next one is practice drawing your bow slowly. So I actually had this scenario in real life and I was glad that I had practiced doing it. So if you listen to the show two years ago, I had been chasing this buck called Ironside, which was a big three by four mule deer with, with eye guards that Ross and I were chasing. I had him at 45 yards and he just totally had me pegged. He was staring at me and it was only a matter of time before he bolted. So I drew right in front of him while he was staring at me, but I drew really, really slowly. And I think if I would have drawn back with, you know, a big, big motion as fast as I normally do, it would have spooked him. But because I drew smoothly and slowly in a controlled way, he stared at me, wasn't quite sure what I was. And then he let me get that shot off. And I happened to miss that shot because I shot for 50 and it went over his back. Another lesson in ranging, <laughs> range the actual animal, not the rock behind them. Oh, ugh, that one still hurts. I have actually have the broken arrow right here on my desk because uh, I sailed it over his back. It hit a rock and I fiddle with the, the back end of that arrow while I work. It's just kind of my little fidget thing. Got it right here in my hand right now. This arrow haunts me. Anyway, it's a constant reminder to range the animal and that everything matters in your archery sequence. Everything has to go 100% right, even the range. So... So practice, anyway, I was talking about drawing slowly. So practice drawing your bow back slowly because it might help you in a situation like I was in there and it helped me get that shot off when otherwise I, I might not have been able to. Man, I should have killed that buck. It irks me so bad that I missed that shot. Uh, anyway, okay, next one. Practice drawing with a high heart rate and shooting with a high heart rate. So this one's pretty simple because anyone can do it. Um, you don't, you can just do this in your basement. You can do it while you're blank bailing. You can do all sorts of stuff. You can do some push-ups. You can run to and from your target. You just, and then shoot really quick before your heart rate has time to settle down. But it shows you how much your arms and your chest and your breathing, like your, the heart beating really fast, how much that affects your shot sequence. So it's important to be familiar with that pin float under, you know, less than ideal circumstances, such as when your heart rate's elevated and, or you don't have good footing or you're kneeling in a weird position, all of these things are just making your shot less than ideal. So in hunting scenarios, you want to do the opposite, right? So all these things we just talked about, you want to do the opposite of them. You want to practice, you know, you want to practice intentionally making your shot less ideal. And then in hunting scenario, you want to do the opposite. If you have time, clear the sticks and brush, get your feet set on flat ground, find a spot where you can draw your bow cleanly, Draw your bow at the right time so you don't have to hold it for three minutes. Then take deep breaths to get your heart rate down. Range the target exactly so you have your have your sight dialed to the exact yardage. You don't you you want it to be as a ideal as possible, but when it's not, you're going to be ready because you've practiced all of this hard stuff. Last thing I want to talk about before we finish up is target panic. So target panic is essentially, if you've never heard about this before, it's essentially like a mental funk when you're over anticipating the break of the shot, you jerk the trigger, or you just have like this really strong feeling of anxiety when you're drawing your bow and you're about to shoot. I've never personally experienced it. Shooting has always been actually the opposite for me. It's been pretty calming for me. I've, I've definitely pulled shots and jerked 
the trigger before, but they're usually just one-offs. It's not like a constant thing that I'm dealing with. There are some things that I've heard are pretty effective for helping target panic though. So I'll start with the simplest thing. The simplest thing is to practice shooting with a surprise release. So that can be either buying a new release that's a, that's a hinge, or if you're already shooting a hinge, you'll already have this. But for the majority of the people, just changing the way that you use your current re- release might help with your target panic. So the majority of people are using like a button or a trigger. Uh, most people use a trigger, I think. So you can make a simple adjustment in your technique to shoot it like a hinge and get a, a surprise release more easily than just slowly squeezing the trigger like you would with a rifle or something. So if you're shooting a trigger, you'll want to what you'll want to do is wrap your finger deep around the trigger. So that second knuckle should be the one that you wrap your finger or wrap the trigger the trigger with. Then instead of closing your hand or like pulling slowly squeezing the trigger, you simply just tighten up the muscles in your back, squeeze your shoulder blades together until the shot breaks. It's not as good as shooting with a hinge but you'll see if you do it right, you'll get a surprise release, like totally surprise. It'll just pop and the arrow goes flying and you'll get a perfect release. So shoot a bunch like that. And eventually you'll get to the point where that shot anticipation goes away because there's no way you can anticipate it. So I I've never dealt with target panic. So I don't really, I can't really say for sure. I'm, but these are the things that I've heard about and I've, I've read about. And I feel like if you're, if you're just disciplined with the technique of shooting properly, you can overcome it overcome it. But I also know that happens to professional archers too, who are, you know, technically trained and have perfect form usually. So it can be a real challenge, but I think you, you ultimately just, you have to change something up and change something pretty significant in your shooting to get over that mental place. where just, you're getting anxious about the shot breaking. So once you get out of that funk, you can move back to your old release or, um, you know, maybe it'll be gone. You can, you can just change that sock shot sequence. And maybe this is the new way you shoot now. So you don't get target panic, but anyway, that's all. So anyway, I hope that those tips were helpful that you can now take those archery tips and drills, and those will help you in your hunting success. So just review. So we talked about blank bailing, shooting really close, close range, focusing that shot sequence, shooting at all distances, in between your pins, shooting at the wrong distance for each pin so that you can understand that shot arc. Then we talked about shooting from different positions, like kneeling, standing, um, transferring from pulling the full draw, standing up afterwards, shooting from awkward positions, stuff like that. And then holding a really long time at full draw. We talked about practice letting down so you don't spook something when you have to let down in a real hunting scenario and then practice drawing slowly, uh, and then practice drawing with a high heart rate. So those are the things that we talked about today. And then, uh, yeah, hopefully you don't have to deal with target panic. If you have dealt with target panic and I'm missing something or there's a different way or a better way, please send me email or, or a message on Instagram or something. I'd love to hear some more about it. Cause I've just, I've never felt, I've never felt target target panic. And so I don't really know. I've heard people describe it though. It sounds like a really difficult problem to, sh- to, to overcome, um, but I've never actually felt it. So if you have had target panic or you've experienced something similar to that, I'd love to hear about it. And um, maybe we'll do a little follow-up on target panic. So as always, 
you know, I hope that was helpful. Uh, I, if it was, please go check out the store at huntthewest.us, pick up some swag. Uh, we still have the limited time camo logo shirt, which is pretty sweet. Um, I'm going to be running that until the end of June. So this, the, just June is the time that you'll be able to get that, that shirt. And we'll come out with some other designs after that. We also have the discounted hats on from the Lithuanian bot fiasco of 2022. If you're not familiar with that, go back and listen to a few episodes before, but we have those at a discount on the website too. But if you uh, don't want to support the show with swag, that's fine. What you can do is go leave a rating or a review in your podcast app. Those help other people find the show. I think maybe, I don't know, it just makes us look better. Feel free feel free to contact me at skyler at huntthewest.us or on Instagram at huntthewest.us. I answer every single email and every DM. So make sure you're out there shooting your bow, practicing in all types of scenarios and really making it hard on yourself. So when the moment comes to fill your tag, it's better than you practiced. Now get out there and hunt the West. Hunt the West.